Hi everyone, Dr. B here again for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So today's question, I'm going to get right to the point. Today's question is important from a very practical perspective. So I'm glad the listener asked it the way he did. It has to do with when to brush if you're using a fluoridated toothpaste and how long to wait before you brush after a meal. And I think that comes from a lot of mixed messages that we give as a profession to everyone. For example, I've heard all sorts of things and I'm going to, of course, expand on all these, all of these things and tell you what is the right way to do it. So, and you've heard me say this, don't brush for 45 minutes after a meal that would produce a lot of acid in your mouth or after eating a lot of acidic foods. Uh, there are foods that are low in pH, acidic in nature, and there are also beverages that are low in pH. And the rule of thumb there is not to brush too soon afterwards. And most of us have been told to brush right after a meal. Ideally, thank goodness most of us don't do that because we're busy talking to someone while we're in a restaurant or we run off after a meal and do it much, much later. So there's that. And then there are other considerations. And I'm going to throw a little monkey, a little monkey wrench into the whole thing by telling you that because of the fluoridated toothpaste, that that's kind of messing us up as to when we can brush and I will give an alternative. So anyway, here is the question. So I've received mixed opinions on this. Should I be rinsing after I brush my teeth due to the fluoride or should I be waiting the 30 minutes that is recommended? I've also heard that I only need four minutes. I'm just very confused. So I'd like to get your opinion on that. That is a great question, and I'm sorry for the confusion. That's that's our bad as a profession. We need to make this more clear. We basically just say brush after every meal. That's essentially about as much information as most people get, and it's a little bit more complicated than that. And there are two ideas here that are conflicting. One, I'll summarize now and then get into specifics later. But the first idea is that if you're using a fluoridated toothpaste, keep the fluoride on there as long as possible. Because fluoride is an ion, it helps remineralize teeth if it's in toothpaste, and the longer it's present, the more remineralization, the more repair of the tooth will occur. So, And then the other thing that we throw at you is don't brush right after a meal, because if it's an acidic meal or if there's a lot of acid production after the meal, I'll explain all this later, then you're brushing away a layer of enamel and making your teeth very sensitive to hot and cold and you're not allowing them to remineralize. So, and that period of time is typically 30 to 45 minutes after you brush. So, what I'm going to try and answer here is when is the best time to brush after a meal? And if you're using a medicated toothpaste with for example fluoride, then how do you deal with that? And then I'm going to give you some other examples of medicated toothpaste, some other alternatives to fluoride because the fluoride kind of complicates when you would brush, because swallowing it is an issue, I'll give you some other alternatives, and that frees you up as to when you can brush other medicated or toothpaste that help remineralization. So that, in the nutshell, is, I think, where the confusion comes from. And again, it's because we just haven't, as a profession, we just haven't fleshed everything out. We just say, you know, eat something. Oh, you got to floss and brush or just brush and then floss if it's the last meal of the day. And there's always more to it than just the superficial brush after you eat approach. So anyway, I'm going to flesh all this out for you. And it's a great question. I'm really glad that you asked it.
All right, let's start with the basic advice that you've been given. We've all been given. When you eat something, the food itself is broken down by the bacteria that are sitting on your biofilm, on the plaque layer of your teeth, and on your gums. And these bacteria, their excrement, the byproduct of their consuming the foods that we eat in our mouths, produce an acid. And that acid can decalcify tooth structure. So it would be good to disrupt that biofilm, those bacteria, that plaque layer, and by adding toothpaste and water, presumably when you're brushing, and that promotes saliva flow, all of that buffers that drop in pH. Before every moment that a cavity is beginning to form, that demineralization moment, the pH drops in the mouth up against the surface of the tooth. And the biofilm, which is not the bad guy, I mean, biofilm, plaque layers, are normal. They are there for a reason. The body puts it there because this tooth is an inanimate object. Yes, it does have blood flow and all that. I'm talking about the hard surface on the outside. It sticks out through the body. I mean, it w- it's the equivalent of a feeding tube that's very difficult to disinfect or a pick line, something that enters the body that medicine puts in there to keep you alive and to give you medication. Those areas are notorious for getting infected because it's difficult for the body to maintain that barrier between the inanimate object, the silicone tube in this case, and tissue. Another example would be a compound fracture, the bone sticking out of your flesh. That is has high potential for infection because the body doesn't have access to those areas. So it puts a biofilm over the teeth. The teeth erupt out of the jawbone, out of the gums, to not the outside of the body, but to an area that is very close to the outside of the body and is not protected by the immune system inside the body. So that's hopefully not too long of an explanation of why the biofilm exists. Well, we feed it a Western diet with lots of processed, broken-down, enriched, quote-unquote, grains and processed foods, and the bacteria love this stuff, and our biofilms, our plaque layers, become pathogenic. They become thicker and more than they should be, more than what they evolved to be, and that is to protect the teeth. Hence, the toothbrush. The toothbrush was invented before World War II as a result of a lot of the GIs that were enlisting. They had terrible oral health. Oral health is a big issue, In wartime, you know, because tooth pain is so debilitating, you can't have a soldier out there with tooth pain. He will not be a good soldier. So this is why the toothbrush, one of the reasons the toothbrush was invented along with toothpaste. I think the first toothpaste was Pepsodent. Feel that gleam, I think, was their byline. It was the thinning of the, with the brushing and a mildly abrasive paste, you could thin that biofilm. This is where it all came from. And it works. If you have a very thick biofilm, you're eating a lot of junk food, then it's good to disorganize this. However, you can also scrape away a lot of tooth surface. And the question is, is when do you brush? Do you brush right after a meal? And if you have fluoride in there, which was added later in the 60s, I think, early 60s to toothpaste as a remineralizing agent, it's an ion, then like calcium, very similar to calcium fluoride, extra electron, a little bit more electronegative, a little bit more resistant to the acidic moments in the mouth, it was thought that this would be advantageous to help remineralize the teeth with. But a lot of the process of brushing is the buffering of pH because you're producing a lot of saliva by brushing. 
Maybe you've used a lot of water, but certainly brushing will stimulate salivation. And so it's not all just the fluoride. It's not all the mildly abrasive paste. And it's not all the toothbrush. It's a combination of many, many things. So when do you brush? If you have fluoride, you want that fluoride to be on there as long as possible. The problem is, is are you ingesting the fluoride? And that is a big issue. For children, I would say spit out immediately. Make sure as a parent that you're there supervising that and that they spit out, not only spit out, but rinse with water, swish, and then spit out again so that if they do ingest any fluoride, it is a very, very low level. Fluoride ingestion is not good for children. There are many studies, at least 64, more now, but that correlate ingestion of fluoride even as a fetus, because it does get through from the mom to the fetus itself, it's bad for brain development. It's also bad for IQ. It lowers the IQ of a child. So as an adult, is that a big issue? Eh, probably not as bad. Your brain is developed. You've gotten your job. You're married. You're able to make some money and support yourself. I mean, obviously, IQ is very important and brain development is very important. I'm half joking. Again, I do not use a fluoridated toothpaste. If you're using a fluoridated toothpaste and you want that efficacy of fluoride, then yes, you're supposed to leave it on there. Don't rinse out. Go to bed with fluoride on your teeth. Would I do that? No, because I'm ingesting that fluoride. It actually gets absorbed through the tissue as well. It's not just swallowing it. We have plenty of studies, studies on rats, those poor rats, on how fluoride can absorb through tissue, how a lot of things can absorb through the oral tissue. So what is the answer? The answer is to stop using fluoridated toothpaste because we have a better alternative that is safe to swallow, and that is hydroxyapatite. A lot of you know where I was going with this, and especially for kids. So I recommend, I'll just be upfront, the toothpaste that I use twice daily is Boca. I use the cocoa ginger flavor, although they have a new flavor called lemon ginger. Not sure, but haven't tried it yet. But for right now, that is the toothpaste that works very well for me. I can actually feel the results of the remineralization. I have sensitive teeth, and if I stop using it, that sensitivity comes back. So I know it's remineralizing. I've read all the studies, plenty of studies on hydroxyapatite. It's been around for a while in Japan. It's a product of NASA during the, the early years of NASA. It's a great biomimetic material. It's natural. It's calcium. It's already in your tooth, and you're just putting it back into the saliva so that when the tooth needs to remineralize, it's able to do so. And you can swallow it even if you're a kid. So, okay. So how does that change things in regards to the question that the listener asked? Well, it means that you can, and this is what I do. I brush my teeth for two to three minutes with the hydroxyapatite toothpaste. I spit out just to get the saliva out. I put my oral appliance in. I'm not rinsing out. I'm leaving that wonderful material in the mouth and on the teeth so that it can help remineralize for another 20, 30 minutes. And I don't have to worry. And I go to sleep. And I do that in the morning too. I spit out, but I never rinse out with water after I brush my teeth because there is some efficacy by leaving it in your mouth. And as soon as you start breathing through your mouth and drinking water and beverages, you know, that effect is, of course, lessened because you've diluted the hydroxyapatite. And that's fine. But at least you don't have to spit it out and you don't have to worry. What does this allow you to do? Well, it allows you to wait 20 or 30 minutes after a meal if you've had an acidic moment or meal or food or beverage. And again, I don't recommend brushing after you eat an orange, for example, or drink a cup of coffee. Those are two good examples. Don't brush right away. You're literally brushing off a little slurry layer of calcium on your teeth. 
because the pH has dropped down to, it can drop to as low as 2.9, 3.1. These are pretty strong acidic levels that literally dissolve the top layer of your teeth. And if you get in there and aggressively brush with an abrasive toothpaste, most toothpastes are mildly abrasive, that's how they polish your teeth, then you're literally scrubbing away calcium, which is the building block of the tooth. It's actually hydroxyapatite. That's the major component. Then it just takes you longer to rebuild that with toothpaste or with hydroxyapatite toothpaste or with fluoridated toothpaste. So let's not take a step back for every step we take forward. Let's keep that enamel on there. Let's wait 30 minutes. You can switch with water right after a meal. That helps negate the pH moment. And then when you do brush with a non-fluoridated toothpaste, you do not need to spit out. I hope that clarifies it. So get rid of fluoridated toothpaste because it complicates everything. Wait 30, 40 minutes if you think the pH of that meal or the pH has dropped as a result of a meal, like potato chips, goldfish crackers, saltine crackers, those kind of things, biscuits, even bread. Anything that's packaged and processed, the bacteria will go to town, and within minutes, you have low pHs in your mouth. Certain beverages, wine, coffee, even tea. Tea is a little bit acidic. Wait. Wait for 30 minutes and then brush. You can certainly swish with water before then. And then leave the toothpaste on there if it's a hydroxyapatite-based toothpaste. And again, that's really the only other efficacious ingredient in toothpaste other than fluoride. And I think fluoride hopefully is on its way out. There's a lawsuit against the CDC in regards to that in, in being in the water. Topical fluoride works. It's safer if you know you're not swallowing it. But the good news is that we have hydroxyapatite. Now it's in the U.S. It is wonderful. It works as well as fluoride, if not better in some cases. And it has to do with the smoothness of the enamel layer, the reflectivity, the surface that's created after it absorbs hydroxyapatite. Fluoride is not quite as good in those areas, so but both are good at remineralizing teeth. Thank you for another great question. I didn't address the four-minute thing. I think what you mean when you ask that is if you do leave the fluoride, in other words, if you don't rinse out, leave it on there for four minutes, I would ignore the four minutes. Hopefully, you're not using fluoridated toothpaste. Use the hydroxyapatite-based toothpaste and don't even think four or five or ten minutes. Just go on with the rest of your day. Brush your teeth. If it's before bed, put in your appliances, whatever you wear, go to bed, mouth tape, and go to sleep. The efficacy will wane over time, but it doesn't really matter. It's one less thing you have to worry about. So there's no waiting period after that. If it was fluoride, then I would say rinse immediately with water. Ignore the four-minute rule. So anyway, great question. I love these questions because a lot of these questions I wouldn't know to talk about. In other words, by asking them, then I know exactly what to reply with, and hopefully it's helpful to all of you. So anyway, great question. If you have any other questions like this, go to speakpipe.com slash askthedentist. We've got lots of blog posts and articles on askthedentist.com about brushing and what to use and when and, you know, do you floss or brush first? That's an interesting question. I think I've answered that before on this podcast. But I certainly have on our website. So go to our website on that. I think someone asked me if I was stranded on a desert island, would I bring floss or toothbrush? Go look for that answer and let me know what you think. And again, if you're looking for a functional dentist, we do have a growing list of functional dentists that 
we'll discuss this stuff with you and explain it and are aware of hydroxyapatite. Most dentists are not aware of hydroxyapatite. It's amazing, but it's new. So these things take time to get to the marketplace. And we're probably only about a year or two in with hydroxyapatite, probably another 10 years before it becomes mainstream. Don't wait. Get on the bandwagon right away. That stuff works. It's great. Again, I really appreciate you listening. Any questions you have, I'm here to help you. And again, I love talking dentistry and I love the fact that you're asking questions about oral health. Oral health and systemic health are intimately connected and you cannot be healthy overall if you haven't addressed or maintained your oral health. And again, I know all of you know that. You've heard me say that so many times, but I just feel I have to repeat that. It is so, so important. Thanks for hanging in there with me. See you in the next episode. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.